0: i the only one that's cool right now.
1: <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Andrew Police podcast. My name is Daniel Bader. This week on the show, two razors, Will is back from Chicago slash, yeah. sorry, Brooklyn. Yeah. Yep. Not Brooklyn. I mean, not Chicago this time because there's been, there's two Motorola events in yes. the last month Yeah, it's hard to keep track. Uh, And probably two more this summer because Motorola is on a roll, apparently. WWDC is next week, which means we will talk a little bit about Apple's announcements. Obviously in the context of Android, but we'll keep it brief. Meta unveiled the Quest 3 headset. Uh, I'm a huge Quest 2 fan, but this one's weird. It's also expensive, so we'll get into that a little bit. And then just a grab bag of Google hardware stuff. There's been rumors of a Pixel tablet stylus and a keyboard attachment, which, not sure why they didn't launch it at the time, but we'll see. The Pixel Watch 2 might be getting a big, big upgrade, which I'm kind of psyched about. And then we'll talk a little bit about a reported canceled Pixel Fold prototype that, I mean, the Pixel Fold rumors go way, way back, and, This is actually interesting, right? Because I feel like as the phone's getting closer to launch, we're going to see sources getting a little bit more liberal about what happened in the run-up to this release. So probably not the last time we'll hear about this. I
0: mean, A, we know what happened, but B, this is also Google actually agreeing with what the nerd said with all of the original Pixel Fold rumors and leaks, which was "This this is not something you can bring to market.
1: Right. I mean, Google actually showing a little bit of diligence and.
0: Yeah, it's patience. Google saying you're right. This is not going to work.
1: Well, we'll see. I mean, the new one might not work either, but yeah,
0: we'll talk about that, it. Yeah, that that is a that is a there's worry.
1: Also, a new Pixel slash Android feature drop.
2: Yeah, just just Android Pixel will be next week. Android yeah, feature it's, drop. It's, Sorry, it's, not a, not a Pixel one. Love the branding. <laughs>
1: it's just this is never not confusing. To no, me. no. And then yeah, there's a grab a bag of stuff at the end if we get to it we'll get to it but uh first will are you yeah. okay you've just gotten off a plane
2: yeah got Did in you your find truck drove home uh i'm drinking uh an energy drink right now i had coffee this morning it was actually the only day this week i had coffee in the morning so i had i had time to to go get coffee uh yeah no i literally was in the air two hours ago <laughs> like i am like fresh off this event so yeah it was it was a good one though it was certainly a memorable one, I guess. Yeah, Did you we'll, get to we'll bring, bring either of them home? Uh, no. Aw. Ara, are
1: you good? Are you hanging in there? How's your week been?
0: Um. Well, this sucks to say in front of my boss. My week has not been as productive as I wanted it to be, but it is going. <laughs> it's
2: <okay. I'm>
1: your <laughs> I haven't done anything boss,
2: means, this week.
1: <laughs> which means that uh, that's a conversation between you and him. I'm just the podcast host. That's right. That's right. I have no, no You no skin will always in
0: the game. be my boss.
1: <laughs> mm, that's interesting. That's, a, that, that's, uh, that's one of those things where it's like a blessing and a curse.
0: I mean, <laughs> um, you are in one of the echelons of my superiors. So that oh. makes you boss. Mm.
1: Okay. Just like boss, like the singer. I'm basically, <laughs> Bruce. You can just call me Bruce. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll start there. Will, yeah. this was an interesting event. Yeah, I've seen clips of it. I've seen photos of it. Yeah. I've seen weird costumes and <laughs> dancers and acrobats and whatever the hell happened over there that we don't want to talk about. Yeah. But at the core of it was Motorola launching two new Razer phones. One is known in the it's going to, you know, it's coming to the US in June or at least pre-orders open in mid-June. dollars mm-hmm. it's called the Razer Plus. We know everything about it. The other one is a little bit more shaded in secrecy, at least from a release perspective. But tell us what you learned and give us kind of the overall impression of of Motorola's event.
2: Yeah, well, I'll start with the phone. I think the phone is more important. Yeah, the Razer Plus, let's focus on that because that one is coming. It it goes up for pre-order on the 16th and ships on the 23rd usual retailers carriers except not verizon which seems to be probably a millimeter wave thing because this does not have that but at&t and t-mobile will sell it no problem this is our first Razer phone in the states in since 2020 the third gen razor did not leave china and europe it, it never made it over here uh, last year uh hilariously during our briefing uh, one of the reps slipped up and called the razor plus the Razer three which i just find funny it's just like that third gen razor doesn't count didn't make it here doesn't count the first two razors the razor and then the razor 5g which was like a mild spec bump um had like a very distinctive design they were trying to like really emulate the old razor v3 from the mid 2000s and this one is very samsung like I, I i don't mean that in a negative way but it it is lacking a little bit of the identity that made the first one such a novelty. Now, granted, that probably means it's a better phone. I mean, none
0: of us need that gigantic chin from the earlier Razer.
2: Yes. Although, I mean, that did make it a little... It probably made it a little easier to to flip open than this one with one hand. I would also argue that it was stylistically
1: distinctive in a way that matters, as we'll get to, right? This just looks like any other clamshell foldable. Yes. Yeah. It you gotta kinda... make a
0: phone that works well before we can worry too much about it being unique. Mm. Mm,
1: I disagree when it comes to a clamshell foldable. Yeah. I-, I think design matters in this case. I'm willing to be wrong about it, but like, you know, we talk about friend of the show, Michael Fisher, you know, complaining to us that we're wrong about I don't know, the folio foldables, whatever you want to call them. But when it comes to clamshell ones, like they're really not Interesting, unless they are interesting, right? They don't offer a tremendous amount of additional value as objects. We'll get to the thing that you can do on this that you can't really do on others, which is the front display. But the core, at the end of the day, like when it's open, it just looks like a regular smartphone. So I think the design itself brings you into the conversation, it brings you through the door. It matters. It matters far more than a Z Fold being a little bit thinner or having a a different aspect ratio yeah
2: i agree with that and to that point that big 3.6 uh inch display in the front is kind of the thing with this phone i spent much more time using it closed than i did open because like you said i'm coming off two basically back to back motorola reviews and like using the phone when it's open it sure does feel like another one of those Motorola phones I just used um which is not <laughs> terrible but like motoskin is basically as close to stock Android as you'll find on the market today it's closer to stock Android than a pixel is and so you know it's not it's it, it can be boring in a good way I guess like t- to use it because there's just there's not a lot of like flare or whatever so like yeah it and and we can get to some of my concerns about the inside display but the the outer screen it's basically the entire front of the phone it's almost perfectly one by one they call it a one by one aspect ratio but i think it's 10 pixels taller i believe or wider it's one of them but for the most part other than the two big cutouts uh for the cameras it is you know a square display on the front of it which kind of operates like a little small phone like clamshell foldables are kind of headed this way in general like we've seen all of the leaks for the z flip 5 have like a very similar design to this one with like a big Cover display, the difference here, at least based on rumors for Samsung's phone, is that, like, Motorola will pretty much let you do whatever you want. One of the first things I saw when I was using it was I, I um, uh, so it has panels. It has nine different panels, and most of them are, like, widgets, like calendar appointments or Spotify controls or whatever. One of them is app shortcuts, and you can put whatever apps you want on it. And so I opened Gmail, and it, like, immediately <laughs> hit me with, like, a pop-up that was, like, this might not work, great. You still want to do it? And I was like, Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so uh it worked okay. You can check your email on it. It's it's not it's not a very big uh I part of the say, issue. You I'm
0: ahead. willing to bet if you if you if you try to type in anything, that takes up over half of the cover screen, right?
2: If you look at my hands on, you will see the keyboard. If you were typing something, the keyboard is the screen.
0: You, yeah. you get about a
2: line's worth of text input.
0: See, this is when we need to bring back those little, like, Minim keyboard from, like, five or six years ago. Like, that is something we need on cover screens. Well,
2: so, other than the fact that I kept missing the space bar, which I think you would get used to, I wasn't particularly uncomfortable to type on. I know. Yeah, but it um,
0: means you can't look at anything or reference anything while you're typing. And you can only see, like, one line at a time. Yeah, but this is for,
2: you know... Email is probably the wrong use for it, but this is for Texting. firing off text messages. This is it,
0: yeah. This is firing off that quick reply of okay, hey, mm-hmm. hey, I'm here. Where are you?
2: Right. Which I don't know if you guys remember Taylor's editorial from a few months ago now about using the flip four for 120 days and finding it annoying to have to open the phone every time he wanted to, you know, respond yeah. to a text message or whatever. But like this does fix that. Like I wouldn't write a novel on it but to say like hey i'm on my way like it's perfectly fine for that i would say no no granted i've not reviewed it i don't have a unit on me so like once i'm actually using it as a phone like i reserve the right to change my opinion on that but in the hour or so i used it in that was kind of my impression on it you know they've done a couple things to try to make it a, a little better so so you can i believe double tap on the home bar on the front screen to make the time battery section disappear and, like, extend the app. Now, that means that the app will extend into, like, the camera lens cutouts, which, like, they were very upfront to be, like, yeah, sometimes that means that, like, UI elements will be covered up, like, by the camera, like, app, and you might have to, like, double tap to, like, close it. So we'll see how it works in daily use, but it's nice that it's a feature. I I mean, I think the big thing is that, like, putting full or allowing basically any app to run on this front screen is never going to be a smooth experience for for everything but i kind of like that like they are letting you do it and they're like look if you want to scroll I, through I'd rather twitter or whatever they allow me to do the
0: broken thing then just have the sure. screen be less functional cuz like, we've had that for yeah. like three or four years with samsung and right. we've seen how limiting that is right
2: right they have built the like i said the panels thing so it's not like there isn't a like small screen friendly ui here it's not like they're just throwing you into a basic launcher they've built the like safe little experience and then they've been like and if you want to go outside of it like other than a quick pop-up we're not really gonna stop you and so i think i don't know like i think this is probably the most intriguing clamshell phone we've had yet just because it's kind of um you know daniel you and i have talked about how we we don't see a ton of use case in in the like tablet-sized foldables but like there is you know if you can basically both carry around a 6.9 inch display screen in your pocket that also kind of folds into one that is half that size it's kind of the closest you'll come to like an actually small phone these days I I think there's something there now whether that will hold up in like actual daily use I I don't know yet but I don't know I'm excited to to actually like use it not in a you know hotel room or whatever
1: yeah, I think there are a few things to note. One is just that Motorola appears to be having a good year. <laughs> and Absolutely. It's yeah. been releasing decent quality devices consistently. I mean, the number of Moto Gs it's released this year is Uncountable.
0: I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah. do not, do not make me go through all of those. Just so many, just itty bitty little iterations that are just different enough to need a different case.
2: Hey, hey yeah, Ara, have you used still the annoying. Moto G Stylus 4G or the Moto G Stylus 5G?
0: <laughs> bracket
2: 2023. Uh, I was going yep, to say yeah. which
0: br- bracket, which year. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but it does appear that the company is. At least attempting to address the higher end of the market in a cohesive way for the first time since 2019, right? Or 2020, when the original Edge series was released and augmented its Razer 5G, and even though those devices were not great, they were definitely first-gen products in a lot of ways, these two devices alongside the Edge Plus tells me that Motorola kind of is trying its best to edge back into the premium market in in the US and in Europe. On the phone itself, on the Razer Plus, right, $1,000, it's probably a good, if not great, competitor to the Z Flip 5, which will likely have a very similar sized front display. And we can't forget that. This is going to be released a month and a half before the Flip Five will be announced, but that device has not just the market share but the mind share for most people.
0: Well, and it also has the software stability, which I can kind of trust Motorola on the hardware. I'm still not sure how much I trust them on the software.
2: Granted, they have to prove it, but they are making a play. They are saying, just as with the Edge Plus, three OS upgrades four years of bi-monthly patches, which basically matches them with like OnePlus in terms of frequency. Obviously, that's not Samsung level, but if they can get patches out bi-monthly and then hopefully, you know, get OS upgrades out before a six-month, you know, like if this thing can get Android 14 and... November, I think that's not terrible. Like, especially because OS upgrades do not matter as much as they did five years ago. I'm not saying that they shouldn't get them. I'm just saying that, like, you know, the jump from Android 13 to Android 14 is not going to be gigantic. A lot of the stuff that you would want is going to come through Play services anyway. So,
1: that is still three years of platform updates and four years of security patches is a massive improvement over what the company was offering. So much better. Like, they were
2: basically offering nothing.
1: Like, yeah, they were saying one year one platform update, or two years for the premium stuff, and then maybe we'll throw in an extra few months of security patches, but they're coming biannually. But it was also just the dismissive way that they were talking about updates, the way that they were talking about their core audience, the audience of people that actually pay attention to this stuff. They were saying, well, we're not really catering to you anymore, and I think by offering a front display that has both an easy mode and a hard mode, whatever expert, advanced mode, whatever, whatever you want to call it. It's finally realizing that in order to edge its way back into the market, it not only has to compete on hardware prowess. Right, this has a 165 hertz display, and internally, the front display is 120 hertz as well. It's got it's 144 okay specs, hertz. From, 144. Not that it matters, but yeah, yeah, like. The Snapdragon 8 Plus Gen 1, nobody's going to complain about that, really. I hope it, they won't. No, so no. from a spec perspective, even cameras, Motorola appears to be doing the best it can with the hardware, with components that it has access to, and then just, yeah, giving people what they want. That's important, right? They need the Michael Fishers of the world to think of this as a viable competitor to the Z Flip 5, because those are the people that are going to endorse and ultimately sell the product to the mainstream. And they're doing that. So there's the Razer Plus and that looks fine. On the Razer side, which is sort of a I would say a minor update to the Razer 3 which was only released in China, it looks the same, it has the same s- similar size front display or at least it's, slightly it's, yeah. smaller, but it's a ticker basically. It's
2: very similar to like the the Z Flip 4 basically. So that
1: yeah. doesn't have a price in the US nor does it have a release date, but in the UK it's 800 pounds which would lead me to believe that it'll come in at $800. Yeah. And that's a really compelling price for a very, very capable, more rugged clamshell. So we have a larger 4,400 milliamp hour battery compared to the Razer Plus, which is 3,800. Both devices are IP52. I was going to say, you were talking
0: more rugged than... Granted, the dustproofing is helpful so long as it's in the right places. But it only being sure. a two for the water resistance,
2: it's a I think
0: is a bigger problem yeah. than it not being dust proof.
2: I agree. I some people did not agree with me on that when I was talking to people about the phone at the event, but I would rather have what Samsung does, which is IPX8. X eight. Just yeah. like my phone is at risk of getting wet far more than it is of getting like dust blown into the crevice. Even a foldable. Yeah, exactly. Even a foldable. Like I
0: I yeah. Well, especially a foldable. Like there's there's more nooks and crannies.
1: I don't disagree, but I'm saying Okay, first of all, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second and say the nano coating that is applied to the internal components of Motorola phones and has been for a decade works. It just works. It's it's not waterproof. It's not going to get the actual certification, but it works. It means that you're not going to corrode the internal components if they get a bit wet. I mean, over time it will, but it's fine. You know, there are gaskets in there. It does a good job. At the same time, like if you have a foldable you don't want ingress of any kind, period. So I would say like- I I know. Samsung says that it has brushes and it's going to get all that dust out of the hinges. Yeah. But the fact that there's no dust resistance on a device like that at all is a problem if you take it out in the real world because it means over time, you do run the risk of it getting, the hinge getting a little bit dirty, right?
0: Sure. So I don't
1: know. I mean, pick your poison, but I I would probably be fine with an IP52 rating over an ipx8 rating because i'm not going to be an idiot and hopefully dump my thousand dollar foldable in the toilet well, that's but, that's I just mean, like my weekend hobby
2: so i don't know why you <laughs> have to diss me on it but but yeah well, he-
0: no i mean just even like if if i get stuck in the rain the flip i don't have to worry about the razor i do i live in florida the weather changes every five minutes it has been thundering wonderfully outside for the last five But storms will just pop up out of nowhere. So waterproofing is super important to me and probably to a lot of people who live anywhere where it is potentially spontaneously wet any significant portion of the year. Especially if you live anywhere near, like, snow and whatnot. Water ingress is important. Okay,
1: but here's the thing. According to the official... Ingress protection it's rating system. Fifteen degree droplets. It's yeah, yeah, direct sprays of water up to fifteen degrees from the vertical. So it's rain. You know, it's rain. It's through. rain. Like yeah. it's it is protected against rain. It may not be like enormous thunderstorms, but. Are you gonna be stupid enough to use your phone? I have phone? to get to
0: my car or get to cover. That I'm means gonna get gonna an angry be...
1: email from somebody to be like you're an idiot. <laughs> but really, I believe that like this is a good compromise. If
0: they could have at least For just got price. it up to five four, because four is where you get splash proofing. Mm-hmm. But yeah,
1: yeah, you're right. Well, I would like that too, right? Because it's that's when you're protected from water from any like, direction. If it was
0: IP five four, I'm like, okay, it's almost completely dust proof. And it will at least be able to take a couple of splashes going up, not just coming down.
1: Yeah. Anyway, whatever. If you're not comfortable with this, don't buy a flip phone in general, right? Just don't buy a foldable. Yeah. Because you're never going to be completely safe. And then it has wireless charging, reverse wireless charging. Yeah. It's got a little bit of a rugged back so it's not it doesn't have a glass back it's got like this faux leather Only back on which,
2: or sorry we're talking about the smaller razor on
1: the right? razor minus Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you made that joke in Slack earlier and 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 I was in the air when you did it but No, it's, it's good. It's true though. It's pretty funny. It's true. Um what, where's, yeah. where's the lie? It's vegan leather all three razors and then the razor plus that comes in Viva Magenta the Pantone color of the year. Uh, which is, of course, a T-Mobile exclusive, except it's also on sale on Moto's website. So it's not really... That's a really, really nice color. It is honest. It is a nice color.
0: The question there is going to become, is the Viva Magenta that you get only tuned to T-Mobile's bands or is the one that you could buy on... no.
2: No, motorola.com just No, that's not how Motorola does it. They make their phones work on every carrier. It's
0: yeah. not that it's a T-Mobile exclusive. It's that AT&T was too cheap to carry all of the colors. No,
2: I I'm sure it was some kind of partnership because it's literally called Viva Magenta. Like it's yeah. it's it's very it's their it's their color. Like, yeah. I real quick want to highlight on the I guess both phones really cuz cuz the screens are basically identical. The processor in the Razer minus, which I will now be using for the rest of the show, is a 6.9 inch display just like the other one 1080p but it's 144 hertz and that comes down to the fact that it's using a snapdragon 7 gen 1 which is literally it maxes out at 144 hertz so you just can't do 165 i am a little concerned about how much dust was uh there's like a millimeter in between the non-removable screen protector on these things and the actual bezel and In like 10 minutes of me like playing with it, there was so much dust that I was struggling to like get out with a microfiber cloth. I'm curious to see how that holds up over even a couple months. I mean, you can see a photo of it my hands on. It's kind of gross.
0: See, that's when you get the case that will just come up over both of those and cover that gap.
2: I don't know if that'll work because it folds fully shut.
0: Uh, That's true.
2: I don't think those will exist, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a problem. Um, I did verify that that screen protector is non-removable. Uh, just wanted to make sure. Also, it does have a fingerprint sensor. It's not totally obvious, but it is, it's side mounted. I set it up and it worked like really great. Actually, it was like really fast and responsive, <laughs> better than my Pixel 7. So yeah. Okay. These are coming.
1: I'm still trying to muster up the energy to care
2: personally <laughs> oh wait oh wait wait but, i can do it i can do it they come preloaded with games uh for the front screen and oh one, my of them, God, yes, <laughs> one of them yes i saw this it's a marble game that everyone including me seems to be obsessed with it's like a marble maze that you like lead you like use uh gyro controls to like roll the marble through the maze avoiding towards holes. the
1: camera Oh my god. Yeah, the camera. So so
2: you want to bring it to one of the camera holes. And it has like haptics. So when you hit the side, it like vibrates. It's great. And that's all I'm gonna do with this phone is play this stupid game. I
1: love it. So that's the one like little quirk about this is that the people that have been going hands-on with it have been using the front display coupled with the two camera lenses to make their eyes look massive. And if you go to mr mobile's video thumbnail you can see what i'm talking about yeah, it's very funny uh it's it's delightful it harkens back ara to the galaxy s10 and s10 plus days
0: ah uh, hole punch wallpapers little,
1: little like when phones were fun again right like yeah. When, yeah. You, when we would like get all this interest in like weird stuff that you could do with an off-axis camera punch a hole punch, but uh, that nobody cares about that. Those
0: anymore. will be a, that will be a very fun subreddit for razor users for like five oh, minutes. Oh man,
1: that's, that's, uh, that's going to die quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't know, man. They're still alive for the notes in the S 10. So. Samsung is
1: a yeah. different beast. Samsung's a different beast. Anyway, anything else you've written an editorial called my time with Motorola's new razor phones has me rethinking foldables. Yeah, that's
2: my, that's my hands on. It's, it's, um, I, I think that front screen, I really like how small, like maybe it's just novel right now and in two months with this phone, I'll be like, yeah, it was stupid. But I don't like, think
0: it's going to be a fad because being able to actually do what you want, I mean, granted, yeah. I wouldn't recommend playing any like involved Android games on the front unless they're like that little tilt-a-wheel thingy.
2: Genshin Impact on the front of the screen. Yeah. You.
0: But the fact that I like... If I wanted to, I could like pull out the Kindle app and read off the front cover if I'm going through line somewhere, or that I can pull up the text message thread instead of just having like whatever my most recent notification for the messages app was. Being able to do things like that just are going to go you know. so much further in everyday use, than okay, here are all the widgets that you can make, and if you wanted more, you better be willing to dig deep into uh, Good Lock and all of the customization modules and yeah. DIY it yourself.
2: Yeah, which is... Yeah, it's
1: got ROG Ally vibes here. <laughs> if I- you can deal with Windows on a portable gaming machine, you can deal with Android on the front face of a tiny little Android phone
2: so like pulling up like spotify like i don't know it's just like having the little like the full music player there it, it felt like very ipod nano-y like i liked that like I yes mm. and
0: could you a could you change playlists and b could you like rejigger whatever was in your currently playing Q's yeah it was app, the full app you screen. can see i have yeah, i have
2: the now playing screen on the in my hands on it's it's the full yeah, no, app. I, I, yeah. I saw
0: some i saw i saw the images and i'm like okay this is making me happy
2: yes yeah.
0: yeah i'm I'm somebody who very much misses my iPod many days. No, we like, should all, me- we
2: should, they should bring back iPods. I'm on this boat. Like I'm, i want on a dedicated- Maybe that's
1: what they'll announce at WWDC.
2: I would switch to Apple music. If they were like, we're bringing back an Apple music supported iPod. I would do that. It, it, and it doesn't have a touchscreen or like maybe it does, but it's really little or something. Give like, back, the nanos. Like, like whatever.
0: Like I want like to. Yes. I would- <laughs> half broken after two and a half years. And I am, and I, I am the only one who can use it. And I have to use it like a, a, a safe cracker. Like, give, give me that back.
2: Yes, I agree. I'm going to... I should write about this. Anyway, that's it. Real quick, my time at the Moto Razor event. They had a performance from Cirque du Soleil.
0: Oh, I'm jealous. The, I'll,
2: I will send... I have almost all of it on video. It's like 20 minutes. I will send yeah, it to you.
0: Watching Cirque on a video is like not even a quarter of the fun in going and seeing it yourself.
2: Sure, I agree. This one was like... I, I don't... It. It... it it brought back big droid-does energy. Um, oh. There was, like a, like, a woman dressed up as, like, what I would describe as, like, an alien from Alien in a cage at one point. And then, like, there was... It ended with, like, the Razor Princess, and she had two phones. And then there was a third phone, like, attached to her dress, and she was lifted into the air. And um, at, at one point, they, they all, like, surrounded someone also in a cage with glass cubes and then they turned around and they turned the cubes and the razor phones were in them and i just like genuinely i started recording it because i was like i'm not gonna you can hear me struggling to explain it now it's i'm not gonna be able to tell people about this it's just gonna have to be seen so uh shout out to motorola i'll never forget that event it was it was bizarre but also very entertaining
0: I mean, your, your little anecdote just now is just making me remember, oh, yeah, it's, it's after prom season. I need to buy, like, some prom dress and then just attach, like, my 200 spare phone cases to it in order to do a Halloween costume this fall.
2: Oh, real quick, Ara, you will love this. Um, some mm-hmm. of the Moto PR reps have been making their own cases for the phone with, like, straps to basically Aww. wear it as a purse. And they're trying to get it like mass produced, like to make it like a real accessory. Uh, But they had some of them.
0: If you have emails, if you have names, please come my way. I want to see these. I want to get in touch with case makers and help make your dreams a reality.
1: It's so sad that PR people need a side hustle these days. They were
2: so excited about it though. They they wanted to talk about it. I love Just loved pay it. PR
1: people what they're worth. <laughs> come on, don't force them into side hustles just because you can't give them the money that they need to deal with people like us.
0: But it's not about the money. It's about making the phone your own. It's like Having the phone charms when you were in like middle school or high school for your flip phone. Yeah, Daniel,
2: it's- just like when you were in middle school or high school and your phone <laughs> charms. You remember? <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. I do. I remember my, my LG chocolate. Um, there I you definitely go. put stickers on that And your custom
0: that thing. ringtones that you had to pay like three bucks a pop for and dig out this ridiculous cable and hope that your computer had the software to get it transferred.
1: Oh, I mean, I just remember playing Snake. And that's that's all I need to... That's And all, now we all, have all Marble know Mayhem. How old I am. We have Marble Mayhem. Okay, uh, let's keep going. So WWDC is this is, is starting Monday. By the time you listen to this, it's very possible that the keynote will have ended and all the announcements are going to be real. I just want to talk quickly about this ARVR headset. It's been leaking all over the place through Bloomberg's Mark Gurman. Nothing to do with Android, and yet everything to do with mobile and the ecosystem. And I think it's really interesting that Apple is launching the room to be around $3,000 ultra super premium high-end AR VR headset right now, where, you know, we've talked for about how difficult of a market that is to get into.
0: But- It's only hard to get into in the consumer space. I know exactly why Apple is doing this, and that's to go after, like, business and industrial. Like, AR-VR would be so useful in, like, training and uh, simulations and all of these other things for those industries.
1: That is not why Apple's getting into this. Yeah, no, if you... Apple does not ever get into anything because it wants to get into the That's Meta's move. And Meta is, like,
2: bombing at it because it turns out, like, I... In theory that's a good idea. I haven't seen like an actually good like corporate use for it that isn't just like those terrible meta demos where it's like it's like we're in a meeting together in a boardroom and it's like cool guys like very cool. No
0: no no, 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 no like being able to show like what steps you need to take if you're like training in some kind of an industry that is high risk and or dealing with ridiculous yeah equipment. But even granted, yeah. it is niche. There is nothing about this that that's will not Apple. mainstream.
1: Apple doesn't do niche. Yeah, Apple. This is a consumer play. Right now, it's a developer play. But eventually, this is very much a consumer play.
0: I will say, since Apple also tends to cater to like a whole lot of like media and whatnot, AR VR is great for pre-visualization or just straight visualization, I could see them getting into this kind of stuff to try to and tie into like studios that use the volume or other uh, mixed reality or uh, mixed projection technologies in order to film TV shows, movies and all that stuff and being able to tie into creators like, oh hey, this headset can give you all of the previs that you want without having to go spend time and biddable hours inside of these spaces or you can bring it anywhere and map or block out whatever. So I, I think there are uses for this, but I do not think is it is a general consumer play. So,
2: I mean, I'm going off the Mac rumors, what to expect a WWDC guide here. So shout out to, to their hub. But like they're working on apps like Safari and Photos and FaceTime with 3D avatars and a dedicated Fitness Plus app, which is actually really smart because VR Fitness is pretty cool. Not for $3,000, but that's neither here nor there but yeah i mean these are like consumer facing features there's no business buying these for fitness plus like these are for someone with a lot of money to go out and buy it but but regardless like these are these are to take home
0: so like apple users
2: <laughs> no but this is not going to be $3000 right. in
1: 2 years this is $3000 now and it will be $1000 or $1200 in 2 years and then it'll be $500 this is an ipad this is an ipad sure. for your face running iphone software, right? It's basically iOS remastered for using cameras and hand tracking and eye tracking. I think what's really interesting here is not what you'll be able to do in a boardroom. That's tangential. I think Apple will support conferencing. And I think the rumor is that it's going to be focusing on like immersive FaceTime as a way to sort of get people in the door. You know, you think Google's Skyline project, right? So, or was it Star Starline?
0: There's so I mean, many of these project code names that are all the same, but I want to say Starline sounds right. Yeah. Starline, yeah, yes. Starline. Sorry, I
1: yeah. was right. So Starline puts you in a room with depth sensing cameras so that you can see the person you're talking to with proper eye contact. This is that, but with goggles, basically. But gaming consumption browsing, right? Everything you do on your iPhone today, you'll be able to do this in VR. And then there's a toggle to move to AR if you want to experience that. Extremely high resolution displays, right? So if you think about how the AirPods introduced transparency mode that was not garbage and actually gave you a relatively realistic impression of what was going on around you, without that like hollowness, or that sort of sinking feeling you got from like early transparency modes this is what they're going to call the reality dial will allow you to do is like see externally with color cameras without it feeling like you're looking through this really low resolution display which is exactly what you get right now on the Quest 2 to some extent you know to a lesser extent on the Quest Pro but even then like there's color the the the, the multimodal color operation, but like really, it's not great, but Apple might be able to give you a good sense of what's going on externally while still wearing the headset. I don't know. I'm fascinated by this, not because I think it'll be a huge commercial success, which in the early days, it won't, but that Apple legitimizes what the market, the category that it invests in. It did it for phones. It did it for wearables. It did it for tablets, um, wireless earbuds, right? There have been better products before and there were better products since, but somehow whenever Apple invests in a market, Meta's going to hate this, but it's true. It really does legitimize it. So I'm super curious about what Google is going to respond with, if anything. I don't think they will because Daydream has come and gone and, and they've the, Samsung has also invested in VR in the past and has abandoned it but will this be the impetus that android companies need or are have they already kind of let meta take the android side of it which you know the os that runs on the quest is android powered it is just heavily heavily forked and they'll let kind of apple and meta duke it out otherwise like the rumor says that yeah you'll be able to read books and browse Safari and see maps and and all that stuff. Uh, It'll have advanced FaceTime, and you'll actually be able to run iPad apps on this uh, with like a compatibility mode, which is really interesting. So out of the gate, gaming will obviously be a big one, but then unlike the Quest, where you have physical controllers, it appears that you won't have any with this product you'll have to use hand tracking. So it will live and die by how accurate that hand tracking is.
2: So some of this sounds cool. I just don't. And maybe we're just not there yet. Maybe this needs to be on the market, although there's been plenty of VR devices on the market. But like, I just don't understand the appeal of this besides it's cool. Like at least with like something like the iPad, even with the like, it's just a big iPhone jokes. You could then turn around and be like, oh, but a big iPhone might be cool, actually. Like I don't. This is just an, an an iPad strapped to my face, but like we're talking about a very un-Apple external battery pack on my hip. And like, I mean, the PlayStation VR 2 does not seem to be doing particularly well at $550. Although granted, you also need to buy a $500 console. But like, I'm wondering if like VR as a consumer product is one of those things that you need. You, it, it almost, you don't want to go high end. It needs to be console priced it needs to be like a thing that people can buy for a few hundred dollars and the limitations of that are understandable because of what you spent versus three grand uh like i'm trying to figure out like to ara's point i guess uh, as well who is this for because it is it does sound like it's going to be aimed at consumers but like who and for why and like why am i spending this money on it and like maybe i'm not thinking big enough in terms of what this can do but this is such a weird the the, it it doesn't it almost doesn't feel like apple i don't know i don't know maybe i'm crazy no
1: you're you're absolutely right but i think apple is releasing this with that lack of knowledge in mind right they've never done that right midair but it's building the software experience in midair, similar to what it did with the iPhone.
2: Yeah, but the, I mean, the iPhone but had...
0: But they burned their one luck when it came to that. Well,
2: I disagree. So the iPhone, I mean, sure, the App Store was not there for a full year, but, like, the iPhone was sold as, like, we're going to make a device that lets you place phone calls. It's your iPod, and it has the internet. And, like, that was a big it enough has a selling point. It a functional
0: purpose, and this does not have that.
2: And, and at the time, that was, like, a big deal. I, I'm trying to see, like everything that's here is done somewhere else. And it's not even necessarily done worse somewhere else. Like I think I'd rather use an iPad to use iPad apps than the, you know, I same with like typing. Like I don't think air typing will ever be as good. as like actually tapping on something like, or typing yeah. on something. Like yeah. I I'm just, and again, maybe I'm one of those people in 2000 in January of 2007, who's like, this is stupid. We all want physical QWERTY keyboards, obviously. But I don't You're know, Mike Lazaridis. I I am, <laughs> which is why I connected so well to that movie. Um, no, I, I I don't know. Like I'm just, it, it, it is totally possible and even maybe likely that there is something that they show on stage that has not been rumored or leaked. That makes I mean, me that's, go. That's
1: obviously that's true. Like they will they will they will have some well, show stopping yes, exactly. software that will that will wow you. But like. How many WWDCs have they had where they bring some well-known game developer on stage to show off an incredible AR experience that ultimately went nowhere because nobody actually wants to use AR?
2: Well, yes, exactly.
1: But what I think Apple is trying to do here is eventually get to the point where they legitimize AR. I don't think Apple cares about VR at all. Like The virtual part of this I don't think is interesting to Apple. They need to build an AR-VR headset because right now you cannot sell an AR headset on its own. They know that if you were to market this just as an augmented reality device, nobody would wear it outside the house. But you have to build not just the product but the culture around wearing these kinds of headsets outside of the house. So that Apple can get to the point where it is augmenting reality while you're crossing the street, while you're in a store, while you're doing things in the real world, and people are not looking at you like you're wearing a Google Glass and you're an asshole. I was,
2: God damn it, Daniel, you stole my joke. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry that you're holding not- holding
0: back on the Google Glass references yeah. for the last 10 minutes. I was about to <laughs> but say- that's
1: it, right? And I, yeah. And I think like Google Glass was too early and it didn't do Absolutely. enough.
2: yeah.
1: And- VR is that bridge to get to AR, to get to that future that everybody wants, right? Where you're just putting on a pair of glasses or you're maybe even like putting in a contact lens, right? Maybe 30 years from now, that's possible. But everybody wants to augment their reality. Everybody wants that aha moment of like, you're wearing a pair of glasses and you see a building and you're like you get all the history and you get like the landmarks around you and you get to follow transit directions or you get to film your kids without having to like hold a camera Mm -hmm. although that's creepy and has ethical and privacy concerns but like apple will never do that obviously but like let's just put the obvious stuff out there right we're all trying to remember somebody's name like you walk up to somebody you have a database of their names it's private it's in your on your device like just a like a contact list but it matches them and it says hey will what's going on right like those are the small things that will make ar into something that people use on a regular basis but apple can't just launch an ar headset right now because the technology's not there and because vr actually has some applications gaming for instance fitness for instance content consumption for instance Communication to some extent, for instance.
0: I'm trying to remember this off of any of the VR headsets or consoles anywhere over the last several years because I have purposely ignored that segment. Is there anywhere to watch 3D films on any of these headsets? Or do you still need the special TV and the special glasses and the special? I don't think
2: there are any. The only reason I ask is because I was
0: actually reminded that 3D films are still somehow a thing last week.
2: Well, okay, I'll just say it. So if they bring James Cameron out on stage, <laughs> tweet, I, I will buy I will buy this headset. <laughs> I will put it on a credit card that I will struggle to pay off. And I will oh, watch Avatar The Way of Water the way it was meant to be seen. Uh, but no, that, really, that's, I mean, if you're, that's that's the dream right if you're there. wanting
0: to get people into that sort of a medium, you definitely do need something like Apple because they will be able to like Partner with Disney or partner with major studios in order to get content for this, but I, I still just don't know. Like, I would not pay three thousand dollars to watch any film in three D at home unless well, you could, I mean, like, literally.
2: Unless you're James Cameron, like I believe the 3D Blu-ray for Avatar: The Way of Water is the first 3D Blu-ray Disney has put out in like five years or something. Like that's the power of James Cameron, not not the theatrical experience. Like if for the most part, the reason that like you probably don't hear about 3D movies on VR headsets is because like 3D you know came and went and was mostly not taken advantage of very well. Now that said, if this does use like two 4k oled display like it sounds like a pretty good way to watch movies with a large the virtually large screen in front of you as opposed to like you know even on the the quest 2 or whatever so that that would be cool but not three thousand dollars cool i know that that's just where it's gonna start but yeah
1: all right well that's the apple headset other stuff will happen at WWDC, which we're not going to get into today the quest 3 is also going to be coming in september it's five hundred dollars the quest two is going to drop to three hundred dollars which is what it cost when it was released but nobody wants to remember that because facebook increased the price and then is now decreasing it again but uh that's that's the way it goes really well
2: run company i think we can all agree
1: consistent through and through (laughs) there's an assassin's creed game coming which okay fine and uh, that's it. I don't have anything else to say. Let's go on to the Android <laughs> stuff. You've, you've, if you stuck with us for the first 54 minutes of this podcast, then we can talk about the Google things that you came here for originally. Google apparently canceled its first pixel full design because it wasn't good enough. I think this is obvious, right? Like if you look at the rumors that went back to like early 2022, there were clearly prototypes in the wild. I doubt they got anywhere past the prototype stage maybe they got to the evt stage and just got rejected by the carriers and got rejected by rick osterloh but like let's be honest here building a hinge like this is really difficult i don't think it's a surprise that this rumor hit the same week that google posted a blog all about how it designed the fold flat hinge which will is just like cringing right now
2: point out that it folds completely flat which okay it doesn't but sure (laughs)
1: just brilliant you know, the restraint real real quick.
2: Sorry, sorry, real quick. It does. You have to push it. I I should stop saying it doesn't because that's technically not true. But if you just open it up normally, you really have to flex it in a way that I don't think is comfortable with an $1,800 fragile device. Okay, sorry, go ahead.
1: I think what's interesting here is Google, the blog post, at least and like the marketing material and the people that we've talked to, they're saying that like people want to be able to open the hinge at any place and have it stay there reliably, which fair, right? Samsung's done this great. They don't want a massive crease, fair. Samsung is also learning this, this uh, and, and Google appears to have, it's a teardrop hinge, so it doesn't have as obvious a crease, but based on what we've seen so far, the crease is definitely still there. They want it to fold sat, you know, with like a nice, clunk and be satisfying. I think, Will, you can probably attest to the fact that that's true. I think you're the only one of the three of us that have actually used this. And then people want it to fold flat. Uh, Okay, as we said, like you have to push it, but fair enough. And then finally, you just want it to be durable, right? People have been complaining that Samsung's hinges have not been super reliable. All of these hinges are tested up to 200,000 opens and closes but that's an arbitrary number that I don't know if anybody's actually ever going to hit. But they still break. I think my concern is that if your Pixel or your Galaxy Z Fold or Z Flip breaks, you can walk into any Samsung store or any you break, I iFix or any anywhere basically in the US and just get a replacement for it relatively easily. There's the Premier Plus insurance plan that lowers your costs if you want to go that route. There's lots of ways to repair your foldable. With the pixel not so confident that's going to be the case right so i feel like google has to make sure that it's reliable so that there are not massive numbers of rmas coming through because this thing just like shits the bed after a couple of months so yeah read the blog post it's interesting not not super surprised that this is not the first iteration Other rumors, the Pixel tablet might be getting a stylus and a keyboard. Again, not surprising. I don't think that the stylus would be...
0: It's USI. So I don't know why Google either didn't announce it at the same time as the tablet or just made it available or just relied on third parties. There are plenty of decent third-party USI styluses out there. Right.
1: And this has always been the case. The biggest
0: thing for me for the Pixel tablet is that it has been said that... For third party styluses, it wants USI 2.0, but the stylus, the first party Pixel Tablet stylus was going to be USI 1.0, which is weird. (laughs) Because that means that Google is going to sell one that's on the older, less featured spec, but then it'll accept all of the newer ones from other people.
2: What is weird about this is that they were pretty upfront with myself and other reporters that like if you want a keyboard or a stylus for it like you can go get third-party ones like we're not making one they said this a lot it's a first-gen product it's possible maybe they really are still working on them but i don't like none of this makes sense to me that they would launch it months after the tablet arrives that they would not want it just like on stage you know at io when everyone is actually paying attention to it I don't know, but the tablet in general has like kind of left me confounded over the last month, so who knows?
1: Not surprising that Google's been thinking about it. It might not be an official first-party keyboard. It may yeah. end up being just like a Logitech-branded or rebranded one. That makes a lot more but, sense, yeah. And also, there's no Wacom digitizer on here, so right. like a USI stylus is never going to work as well as, say, like an Apple Pencil <laughs> or the S Pen on a Galaxy Tab, but it'll be good, I right? mean...
0: USI can still do, like, the thousands of levels of pressure, so it's it might not be, like, and I don't even want to say USI 2.0 was allowing for, like, certain button presses for, like, eraser and whatnot.
1: Right. But it's still just a capacitive stylus. It's not going to be as responsive.
0: I mean, USI requires a special kind of digitizer just, like, Wacom or Apple Pencils, so. Okay. Well, then. It's, I was going to say, it's not, it's not straight capacitive.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. Hopefully it's good. Other rumor on the Pixel side, Pixel Watch 2 could get a massive upgrade on the efficiency front. It may move from an Exynos SoC to Qualcomm's W5 Plus Gen 2 or whatever Qualcomm announces later this year at its summit. It would not be surprised, but this would be interesting, right? Given the fact that Google appears to be building its Tensor chips with samsung ip this is a massive indictment on the exynos chips that it's probably sourcing it just didn't have a good option so it had to go to qualcomm
2: yeah i mean it it, it is it is what it is i mean it, it look if you um you go to these tech events and like most journalists are using you know a pixel because they like the camera which is fair but you will hear no shortage of complaints about tensor g2 i i don't think that chip has aged particularly well especially as it's getting hot again i that phone runs hot and it's it's an issue you know it's it's easier to deal with when it's 40 degrees out but you know yesterday in new york city was 80 and um Someone I was with was having issues. Like The phone didn't even feel particularly hot, but it wouldn't back up a photo because it was like, ah, it's too warm, which is a problem. So, yeah. Nice. So, yeah, that's definitely going to happen
1: at some point this year. A win for Qualcomm, I guess, because its wearables chips have not been particularly well-received over the last few years. So the fact that it's finally built something that's powerful enough and efficient enough that Google is going to switch away from A chip that's ostensibly, you know, the one in the Pixel watch was old already, but it likely had the option of going to something that would be powering the Galaxy Watch 6. So the fact that it's moving to Qualcomm does speak to the fact that maybe there are some advantages this year. And
2: Can I just say, like, building on that, I I don't think I saw, like, a single Pixel watch. (laughs) Like, like, I saw lots of Android watches or Garmin watches.
0: I mean... It's an older chip. Yeah, like I think it's a proprietary band that isn't the greatest, and Fitbit is a paid subscription, while Samsung Health is free.
2: Uh, and not to yeah. mention,
0: Samsung just has notifications and everything else just worked out better. Everybody, every- Samsung had a like a two year head start before the Pixel Watch was actually competitive.
1: Yeah, I mean you're not wrong, but uh, still, that's that's really sad. You were in a room with a bunch of Android users at an Android
2: launch event. It, and it's possible. How many Samsung you know, I mean, so so Like, while, I think I would have. You know, I saw lots of Garmins. I saw lots of Galaxy Watch. You know, fours or or, or fives. But yeah, no, it's 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 not as many Pixel Watches. So not great.
0: Well, hmm. it also doesn't help that the Pixel Watch is more expensive than its competitors without having a clear benefit over
2: Yeah, them. but a lot of these people reviewed the Pixel Watch, which means they probably yeah. have one lying around the house.
1: Not great. All right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think part of it is just that the battery's not good, so people don't bring them traveling.
0: Yeah, That could be.
2: That could be, yeah.
1: All right, let's run through the grab bag quickly. Google released an Android feature drop. So as I said at the beginning, not a Pixel drop, a feature drop for Android in general. Just a Talk about grab bag. This is just a whole bunch of random stuff thrown together. But hey, some of it is fun. Yeah, it's not bad. I'm not not making a judgment on it, but it's just like random. It's a bunch of widgets, some Emoji Kitchen stuff, new tiles for Wear OS, dark web reports for Gmail, which we'd heard about originally, and then like accessibility and, and like kids stuff. Let's go over the new widgets. There are new widgets for Google Finance, Google TV, and Google News that you can install on your Android phone or tablet, which is nice,
2: I suppose.
1: I'm surprised Google News didn't already have a widget, or maybe this is just... I think this is a new one. I think
2: it's redesigned. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Material you updated, look better, perform better, etc. Emoji Kitchen is getting a bunch of new combinations, which is cool. Woohoo! I like the shark, which is featured on the in the demo.
0: Oh, which one? like, which
1: combo? I like the laughing shark is a good one, but uh, I just like the shark one in general. It's very cute. Summer themed combinations. So we should probably dig into exactly which new combinations are available. But this is one of my favorite features of Gboard. I
0: mean, it is like, hands down, the best feature of Gboard is the emoji Kitchen.
1: (laughs) It kind of is. And Spotify, Wallet, and Google Keep are getting new tiles. For Wear OS. So, Ara, you mentioned this at the beginning. This is actually something you're really excited about.
0: Well, I'm excited about the Google Keep one. Okay. Because here's the thing about using Google Keep because I use Google Keep for my shopping list and I will wear my watch when I go shopping. So, I was at Target on either Saturday or Sunday and I was grabbing groceries. So, I opened the app on my watch, loaded up the list. I could maybe click off one or two of my initial things, and then I was obviously moving throughout the store. And every time I would move throughout the store, it would come back to the home screen. So I would have to go through the app drawer, open the app again, and then keep tapping off things on Keep. So being able to have a tile that I can like set to the left or the right and just have my list there so I can just tap it as I'm going through the store and then either dismiss the complication or swap it to a different list, like a to do list throughout the day. If it works that well, I am going to be super duper happy. But I still. Still don't have it yet because it hasn't made it to my watch.
1: Yeah, it'll come off. I mean, it'll 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 uh, it'll show up in like four weeks. Yeah, and then a couple of other minor things: uh, dark web reports for Gmail. This was originally available just for Google One subscribers, but it basically tells you if your Gmail or if your Google ID has leaked to the dark web, and it's more of like a warning how to protect yourself online. Nothing particularly surprising, but uh, it's nice to have it directly in Gmail. And then there's a new feature in Google Play Books, which I totally forget exists most of the time because I'm a Kindle user, but uh, this is a new feature uh, that's helping kids learn how to read, which I'm probably gonna use with my daughter because she's just learning how to read, so I'm actually gonna try this. Uh, Pretty excited about it, actually. So that's the feature drop. Nothing super interesting, but uh, again, it's nice. It doesn't nice have to, to be these. super
0: interesting to be fun. Yeah.
1: All right. The last thing we want to talk about is the original Chromecast, the 2013 OG, the dongle that everybody knows and loves is finally EOL. Our, uh, this makes you feel. This gives you some some emotions. So uh, send us off. Send Send us as a podcast off for the week. And send the first-gen Chromecast off as well.
0: The first Chromecast was basically a surprise when it came at Google I.O. that year, if I'm remembering that far back. Because I know that I watched it and then they were like, oh yeah, it's it's available today. That was one of the things where I was like, oh, I can go buy this. I immediately after the uh, I watched the I.O. keynote while I was uh, pet sitting for somebody. And as soon as I got off, I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to drive to Best Buy and grab one of these. I got literally the last one they had on the shelf in the store. And then I brought it home and I played it. And granted, at the beginning, you only had like six apps and then casting a Google Chrome tab. But even just then, it was the first Google product that I brought it home. I set it up and it just kind of worked. And I didn't have to deal with the remote. Anybody in my family could adjust the things. It had stumbling blocks, but the Chromecast is one of those products that proves that Google can get shit right when they want to, uh, when they really, really want to.
1: Yeah, it didn't do more than it needed to. It just worked.
0: Yeah. It, it was it amazing. It filled a very specific need. It especially filled a need at a time when we were still in this state where there were smart TVs, but most of them were kind of trash and app support would be all over the place and most of them would be super duper slow. And the remotes for all these TVs were just god-awful. So it's like, oh, I can, I don't have to mess with all of these menus. I can just pull up whatever I want to watch on my phone as if I want to watch it on my phone, tap a button, and it goes to a big screen. And we just take that for granted so much these days. Yeah. Pour one out for the OG.
1: And really, it hasn't gotten that much better. It has a TV interface. It has... More ads. slightly better, more reliable casting, but like at the end of the day, casting to a TV from your phone is basically the same experience that it was ten years ago, which is pretty remarkable.
2: Can I tell you guys a fun thing that my Chromecast with Google TV uh, has started doing? Please, uh, and 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 this is directly related to the end of uh, Succession, so R.I.P. Uh, that show. For whatever reason, if I go more than a day without using it, just the sound stops working until I unplug it and plug it back in. And not from the TV. I mean, like from a power source. So very cool. Mm.
0: You can go into the settings and trigger a restart of the system. No,
2: that doesn't work.
0: Oh, that you, it's you for physically whatever reason have to go. Uh,
2: yeah, I don't know why. Like, I think um, it needs to fully power down.
0: <laughs> I, I really need to- a
2: rest
1: every once in a while. <laughs> Will
0: I, 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 I hate myself to to for saying this. Are you using the original power supply with this thing? And yeah. if so, stop. Why? Because they put a power supply in the box that barely powers it. Uh, oh,
2: I actually, no, I'm, I, I'm using the cable. I don't know what cable it's plugged into. It's plugged into, no, I have, I have no idea what it's plugged into. Um, But also, fuck that. That is not an excuse. I hate this no, thing. No, it isn't. I hate this thing so much. If I reviewed it today, it would get like a two. Well,
0: they need to fix that. Wi-Fi thing because that's been going for months. And need to months. fix and it, it happens on everything. It, it's happening on my Bravia TV still. I'll get the notification like five seconds after I turn on the TV every single time and I'm plugged into Ethernet so it doesn't really matter to me but it's just one of those things if it's like dude you you disconnect just long enough to stop whatever is going on if I happen to use my Chromecast TV without Ethernet plugged in.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah well yeah that's it. Yep. Well, we'll end that on a high note or a low note, depending on which product you like best. But RIP to the OG and uh, RIP to this week's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I will be gone next week. So you two will have to handle the hosting reigns without me, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm sure it will be fantastic. In the meantime, thank you, Will, Ara. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Until next week, we will talk to you very soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.